Yeah, it did feel weird for me. Right, exactly. Man, it did feel weird at first, and then the more I did it, the more I realized my fans were just looking for an excuse to do it too. You know what I mean? I was worried that certain fans would would be offended by it, and what I realized was they really wanted to see it too. <laughs> and I think that that just shows you also, I think that the same thing with the music side, you know? Um, every time I try something that I think might scare somebody, they're like, oh my God, more of this, you know? The intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Happy Thanksgiving, and I hope you have a great holiday, a week, day, month, however long you're celebrating the holidays. I hope it's great. Hope this is the start of a good time for you and your family as well. Got a great episode for you this week. Our conversation is with someone that I think you all know. Hunter Hayes joins us for that conversation. He talks about some of his favorite drinks and some new music he's working on. And for our tasting notes, we cut up a little bit of our extra tasting notes from Royalty Spirits founder Chauncey King. She tells about her story, how she got into the industry between vodka, Rex Whiskey, and a whole lot of other cool things. You can see that full uh, interview with her. It's out now on our Facebook and YouTube page, or you can check out uh, at least a little bit here next. Enjoy. Check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hops Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here for our tasting notes, she's the founder of Royalty Spirits based in Portland, Oregon, which is the home of Rex Whiskey, Myru Vodka, and a few other goodies that we'll be talking about. Please welcome in Chauncey King. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining us. And for those that are watching this on our Bar Conversations podcast or listening, if you want to watch the full extended interview here with Chauncey, go to our Facebook and YouTube page or check out the link in our show description because you're not going to want to miss any of this because she's done a whole lot of cool things. And uh, I guess my first question is, is what drew you to this wild industry that is the alcoholic beverage industry? (laughs) You know what? That's the first question that everyone always asks me, which is so crazy is that I have a degree in psychology. I, <laughs> so you should worked, know better. No, just kidding. Yeah, yeah that part, right? Um, so I worked in corporate America for over 16 years as a senior HR analyst. But um, my side hustle was bartending. Um, and then I started playing around with like the mixology of bartending. So that's what kind of led me into wanting my own spirits. It's just been in that whole bartender mixologist um, realm of things. And then I will hear women say, geez, just because we want a flavored cocktail, don't mean we want it loaded down with sugar. I'm like, ah, okay. So that's when I started playing with different recipes. And at that moment, I knew that I wanted something that was flavorful, but just, you know, without all the um, syrup and sugar. So that's what got me to my vodka. Well, in, in, you did all this, you know, when people hear that, they might go, oh, that happened during the pandemic. But you were doing this before it was kind of the, the cool and before everyone did it at home. You were doing this for a while and you guys have been building up for a while. Absolutely. Um, we actually, or I started um, Royalty Spirits with my Pear Flavor Vodka in 2014. So we're coming up on our ninth year. Um, we started with private labeling, um, and now we have our own distillery that's going to be uh, opening in November. We're going to do official grand opening. But and even during the pandemic, we got more creative with how we uh, should market 
Um, we did a lot of online sales, online recipes, virtual happy hours. So uh, we definitely got creative during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how did you settle on a vodka and then a whiskey? Like how... I'm, I'm, I know you said you kind of the vodka was first because, you know, you wanted something that folks would like and could pair well with things. But I'm guessing, though, the whiskey, was that something else that you just enjoyed or how did those two be- become your two go to's? So vodka was the thing. So flavor vodka, 2000, what, 11, 14, 15, everyone wanted a flavor vodka. That's when the new th- the new trend came out. So that's how I did the flavor vodka. And then one day I was, I did all my own tastings at first. So I was in every liquor store. I was my own brand ambassador, my own marketing person. So I was doing a tasting one day and I kept seeing like everyone going to whiskey and I'm like, okay, these older people, younger people, middle-aged, like everyone's going to whiskey. So I started researching whiskey. And at that moment, um, that was in 17, I believe, bourbon had doubled the sales of vodka. And the next uh, whiskey that was on the rise was rye whiskey. So even though bourbon was the trendy thing at the moment, I did a rye whiskey. And that was purely based on just stats. And I have to say, Rex is my number one seller. Mm-hmm. I, I love a good rye whiskey. Uh-huh. And it's one that people, you have to work at them to get to like it or to give it that try. But once they do, I, I swear that they're, they're onto something that they'll, they'll love for a long time. Now, you mentioned the, the, the Rex rye. I will say it's a very unique uh, finished uh, that you, you put on it. How did you come up with the charred Bordeaux and the burgundy wine barrels? from the Pacific Northwest. I mean, was that a whole t- fun of tasting a whole bunch of things? That part. So tasting and then the finish that it gives. So it doesn't give you that real spicy rye finish. It gives you more of a vanilla note smooth finish. So that was exactly what I was aiming for. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I didn't so want did you that, have that harsh. Well, yeah, I knew I wanted a smooth finish because most ryes are really spicy um so i wanted my ride to be nice and smooth so yes i did i sampled like you know oak barrels um different wine barrels and then i settled on the cherry bordeaux mm-hmm. and how, now you mentioned you've got the distillery that that is is opening up how where do you get your your products beforehand where you sort obviously i'm guessing you had to source it first just because of of the nature of of the beast but are you able to now start producing your own or how's that all working for you Yes. Yeah, so when I first started, I actually, um, I had a distillery that I private label contracted with. And so they were, I own my own recipes, but they were doing all of my distilling, blending, mixing, and bottling. So now I've taken on everything where I'm doing all that in-house. And in turn, I'll be doing that for others as well. Now that's a that different awesome. process. <laughs> so, and, and I'm the type that I want to learn everything before I hire someone because I don't want to put like all my eggs in one basket and I have to depend on someone to run my company. So I'm learning a whole lot about, you know, that whole process. And then of course I have a team, but my profit oh, is awesome. much better now. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you mentioned, you know, perseverance and all the challenges that you've, you've overcome and that you even, you know, do you know, classes and consulting to help kind of now pass along your knowledge. Cause there's a lot of folks that are getting into this industry nowadays that, um, you know, it's a, it's a growing industry. What advice do you have for those getting into the industry, especially maybe, uh, women and, and folks like yourself? 
Mm-hmm. I would say make sure that you're financially stable. Make sure your budget is um, solid. You want to plan for things, for unexpected, unforeseen things. You want to make sure you have a heavy marketing plan um, and that you have a team that's structured um, and aligned with your business goals. And you have to stay on the path. If this is something that you want, you have to stick with it because there will be challenges. But definitely make sure you have your finances in order. A, a good financial plan is always good no matter what you're, you're doing, but especially in, in, in the alcohol world because one thing folks may forget is time. Everything takes time. <laughs> time. is time. It's really, it's not a race. As they say, it's a marathon. And you have to be very patient in this industry because this is a co- very consumer-driven product and you people have to get used to seeing it, getting used to taste it, getting used to seeing it. <laughs> you know, it's really about marketing. It's definitely marketing. And it's not as easy as it looks on social media. Definitely not. Well, and you mentioned this earlier that, you know, you, you were everything. You were the, the brand ambassador. You were going to stores, the, the seller of everything. That is the one thing mm-hmm. that folks probably forget is, is, those big products we all know what they are we have a general idea but for those new products you really do need that that lips the you know bottle to lip to to get to try something different that could be unique and and how important was that for you to do that and then also be able to go into a store and say hey i just sold my entire allotment that i brought you should have put this on your shelves that part it's a you know that's 80 percent of your marketing is getting the bottle to lips um because when people try the products they like it and I, that's exactly what I would do. I would go in and sell it out. And so then the owners felt great about letting me do the next tastings. And then they'll talk to their peers that's in the, you know, the liquor, other liquor owners and say, oh, wow, they came in and they sold however many cases in one tasting. So um, you have to get it in front of folks. People have to try it. And I did, you know, trade shows, pop-ups, tasting, sampling, like everywhere I could um, to really get my product to lips and it, and it is amazing once folks can actually try something how much they might like it when they they were nervous going in and you know as you have expanded what's next or what's on the horizon obviously the distillery and doing some contract work to i'm sure help balance things out but what's next for some of the products you have and maybe ones that you can tell us about so our we have a um special reserve product that's coming around out around our anniversary it's going to be a brandy um age brandy and then just consulting that's our uh, main thing is helping others get into the industry and then eventually i would love to write a book just about this journey i'm sure you have a few stories to share as you were going around to different stores and different folks trying trying to get your foot in the door oh yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, I have a ton. <laughs> and some I'm sure you can't share or don't want to share. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I guess my, my final question is where can they find, you know, whether it's the Rex Rye Whiskey, the, the Miru Vodka, the mixers, or even the uh, canned cocktails, how can they find out more about that and where can they find them? So you can visit our website. It's royaltyspirits.biz and there's a store locator. So if you click on that, it can tell you the stores that's in your area. But if not, you can um, purchase online to most states, 48 states. So royaltyspirits.biz. And also, I'm guessing you're on social media too. 
Oh yeah, we're on social media under Myru Vodka, Royalty Spirits, Rex Whiskey. We're all over social media <laughs> on Instagram, Facebook, not so much Twitter. Well, it sounds you have an amazing story, Chauncey, and I'm glad you could share at least just a little bit of it. And and for folks to check it out, it's a it's a cool brand, cool brands, I should say. And uh, Chauncey, this was a blast. Thank you, thank you for having me. I enjoyed this time. Did you know Hops and Spirits is more than just this podcast? Check out hopspirits.com for our latest episode release, past episodes, interviews with interesting folks in the alcohol industry, and so much more. Just go to hopspirits.com. Feel free to wait until this podcast is done. Joining us here on the Bar Conversations for our conversation, he's a Grammy-nominated multi-instrumental artist. I think he can just do almost anything there is when it comes to music. Please welcome in Hunter Hayes. Yo, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate cheers. it. I appreciate. Well, cheers, cheers to you as as well. Um, I always like to ask this. You know, I, I think I might know the answer, but I could be completely off. I've seen you dabble with mezcal. I think maybe a little bit of everything. The you know, over, over time, uh, what's your, your drink of choice these days? <clears throat> I've been dedicated to Scottish whiskey since I think I started drinking. It's funny because like I started, you know, like red wine was my thing for like a year. And then my buddy made me try like bourbon and I don't know what it was, where I was, but I had, uh, my first like Scottish whiskey and I loved the combination of, I, I t- now I'm just like, not exclusively like Isle, but mostly Isle Scotch. <laughs> I love just the smokiest shit you can find. Um, and I stay pretty consistent. There's like two or three distilleries that I like to stay in the family of, but that's my thing. Yeah. So now do you ever dabble in any of the other ones? You know, cause you can get smoky with mezcals and stuff. Yeah, for sure. I have, there's just, I don't know, man. It's just like, I think I just have a lot of great memories around with Scotch, you know? Um, yeah. whether it be like sitting up on a tour bus, like I think m- my favorites are when I first started enjoying, you know, Scottish whiskey, I got yelled at in Scotland for calling it scotch. So I'm very careful about that publicly, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like I remember just staying up. So the sun came up on a, on a double decker bus touring the UK for the first time, like just things like that. I think, you know, it's, it's, it's a good association for me. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. I've got, I've got a little whiskey. I just, broke the uh, top on it so this is going to be fun to try to get, get that nice <laughs> so um you know but it, it happens I, I enjoy see i'm not a big scotch whiskey guy i don't want to get yelled at either now um i don't like the smoky smoky's okay i just don't love the peated the earthy the super earthy tones that's just not for me yeah and see that's what i love <laughs> you can anything <laughs> that has the word peat on it i'm just like i have to try it so yeah well, good good thing there's plenty plenty for you out there to to try and you know since you know we're coming up on Thanksgiving when this episode drops it'll be the week of Thanksgiving I figured I'd ask you this question and you can't say your fans because I know you're thankful for your fans uh, but but what are you thankful for uh, this year? Man, just music, man. Music has been such a like it's just such it's magic you know you can you can talk about it from a science perspective of just like the vibration of frequencies and what it does to the human body you talk about it from a a conversational perspective what lyrics can do the fact that you know i talk about this all the time but you know you can say a word you know a couple different ways but you could sing it a million different ways and it can affect you in different ways and like it you know um 
it's the whole you know universal language stuff but <clears throat> i just think it's a magical mystical force that is hard to is both easy to explain and yet impossible to explain in full what it's capable of and the impact that it's had on my life and like what what it means to me you know um I'm currently just kind of like on a day where I feel kind of burnt out, but at the same time, like I want to make music. That's where I'm happiest. That's, that's always, that's stayed consistent. I've never, I've wanted to take breaks. I've never wanted to take a break from music. Well, now I was going to say you're, you're you putting know? out some, some music uh, right now and well, I'll, I'll touch on that in, in a second, but you're also doing some fun things, you know, d- during, during the week. I think every week you have an amp show, uh, that, that you do live. Uh, what's that like? How did that come about? Why? <laughs> well, a lot of things, man. I like, I've, I've wanted to host things for a long time. Uh, you know, whether it be TV shows or radio shows or whatever, I, I enjoy that part. This came as an opportunity to both practice that, but also just, um, it, it was a way of me cause fans call in like the whole thing is that it's, you know, it's less about interviewing <clears throat> like a, a specific guest and it's more about just continuous conversation we just nerd out about music every week and we pick a topic some weeks i I know a lot about what i'm talking about some weeks i have no idea and that's kind of the fun of it um and it's just like i just love how conversational it is it gave me a way you know i'm used to doing you know close to 200 shows a year and doing two at least 200 meet and greets a year too so i'm used to staying really connected with 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 fans that have come to more <clears throat> multiple shows or fans that we've never even met before. And I think that's one of the things that I missed the most over the last two years, man. It's like that we could talk about that for like an hour and a half. But one of the things I think that I missed the most about touring is the connection with other humans, you know? And so it's kind of been a way for me to do that, stay connected with them. And for some of them, that's the first time we've actually met is through them calling into the, the show. So, and, and it just like, Here's the thing too, man. It's going to happen anyway. Like I'm going to nerd out for two hours a week about something anyway. I might as well, <laughs> you know, might as well make it, make it public. So it's been a really fun platform. I've enjoyed it. Um, we've had some incredible conversations about music, but also just about life. It's been really fun to, to hear fans call in and, and go from like, here's how I connected with the song to here's my life story and here's what I would like to share. And, um, and I think p- other people have really connected on it so it's just fun man it's a it's a way to stay in touch with the world when you when you've been in the studio for two years and you feel so isolated i was gonna say how cool is it to be able to have that connection where folks can see themselves in one of your songs or can relate to it somehow in their their own way and then also be able to then share that with you and others i mean that's the it's always been the dream right that's always been the goal that's always been the the true north, the guiding all those all of the above. Uh, that's what you want as a songwriter. You know, you're 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 drawing from different experiences. On you know, on this album, I talk a lot about how it's, yeah, you know, it's from my experience, but it's also from like just my experience of observing the world. You know, that's something that I kind of wanted to find my algorithm for. You know, I didn't want to spend the rest of my life just like having to. First of all, having to explain every time I put out an album, like, who's this about? It's like, no, it's not about that. Like, I'm just writing about feelings and things that happen in the world and, um, and just like what, how I feel about it, you know? And, and so I think honestly, the, the last two years of between like quarantine lockdown and not playing shows and, and also just like, you know, just, yeah, experiencing a totally different version of life. 
I kind of started, you know, experimenting with that and figuring out what that would be like, how can I, how can I apply my emotional observation skills to, um, to music and, and, uh, and still stay present in it. You know, I'm not writing a story about someone else necessarily, but I'm, I'm kind of including the way that it makes me feel, you know? And, uh, and I think that's allowed me to stay present with the music, which was a, kind of a hidden secret that I was looking for. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, and, and yeah, I could sort of go on about that, but <laughs> the dream has always been that you, that you make something that is very personal. It, the, that's the tricky part. And I've heard so many artists over the past just six months, by the way, all of my favorite artists have put out an interview in the last six months talking about this exact thing, which is wild. Um, and it's not just because we were all locked up, you know, locked, locked down in, in our own homes for, for years. Right. But like, I do think that, um, we've all noticed, you know, sometimes the more specific you can be in a song, the more universal it is, which is the opposite of what you would think. Um, but at the end of the day, that's what you want. You're, you know, I, I spent so long trying to craft songs that everyone could relate to. And, and then I think dear God was one of the biggest lessons of my career. Like I wrote something so specific. I didn't think I'd be putting it out and it became one of the most successful songs that that I've had and we didn't achieve success by traditional means, which tells me that people connected with it. And, um, that set the bar. It's like, okay, cool. Like, um, great. How do we grow from here? What's next? What's, what's the next level of that? You know, but that's what you want. You want people, you want the song to be people's lives. You know, I'm, I'm here to create music, you know, for that purpose. Well, and I feel like too, with everything slowed down because you weren't able to go from one thing to the next to the next, you know, life slowed down enough that you could actually go in and have those ideas and really craft at them when before, you know, maybe you never had that chance to take that, that long break to, to really actually dive deep into to what you were hoping to tell. I'd be willing to bet if you asked, you know, every artist, the exact same question, it's probably all we would probably all answer something similar in that, you know, would you like to follow the Ed Sheeran model and take a year off to make a record? Sure. Do you really want to be away for a year? <laughs> no, you don't, <laughs> you know, like you really don't um, want to disconnect for that long. It's a, it's a tough commitment to make. And I think that it forced a lot of people I'll speak for myself. It's it forced me um yeah, into those deeper areas of discovery and growth, you know, and um, kind of all the above, which you kind of, you know, it's not what you have to do with it is what I've always said. And I think, you know, I looked at that time and I was like, what can I do with this? What can I learn? How can I grow? And um, yeah, just how do we, how do we take it and make something out of it? Well, and, and I've been told, you know, how to play an instrument or two. So I got to ask, how many instruments are you up to these days? <laughs> man i appreciate you <clears throat> asking that um you know i something new on this record that i've never done before is i started recording my own string parts and i'm really proud of that they're um they're they're messy they're uh there's a lot of editing going in i'm gonna be totally honest about that i'm not sitting here <laughs> pretending to play violin like an expert but i really i've wanted it my entire life to be able to like make my own string arrangements and just just you know just sketch ideas out you know because i can hear it and it's, it's the biggest struggle that I have. I think the thing that's led me to learning every instrument that I know is just like hearing it in my head and not being able to just play it. <laughs> that's the, that's the most frustrating <laughs> thing. So that's what's driven me. To that's every how I feel every day. 
(laughs) (laughs) Well, that's like, you know, that's what drove me to every instrument that I, that I'm, that I am now comfortable on. It's because it started with that. It started with how do I get that? And uh, without having to wait on anybody or tell anyone else, because there's nothing also more frustrating than being in a studio and like trying to explain your idea to somebody who's not getting it, but also like, they're not supposed to, it's not their idea. It's your idea. It's your responsibility. You know what I mean? So um, yeah, I, I, I enjoy, I think that's what's pushed me into some of my favorite, uh, yeah, instrument learning moments, if you will. Well, and are, are you playing every instrument then on your records now? Are, are you able to do that? I, I start that way. Um, and then I kind of, you know, whether by myself or with a, a collaborator or co-producer decide, you know, I really want this person to play on this. I think I just kind of figure out the general sound and, and soundscape and landscape for every song. And then we figure out who the right characters are to play it. And sometimes we just stick with the stuff that I recorded, um, you know, again, because like that's hard to explain to someone else and hard to, you know, get somebody else to play. Cause my, like the way that I play drums is very odd, but it works for some things in such a way where I couldn't get anyone else to play it that way. Cause it's an odd combination of like my three favorite players or whatever. Um, and same with, you know, other instruments, you know, and also a lot of the way that I, I play is very lyrical, but basically every song gets treated as its own scene in a movie. And, uh, and we kind of make the, the, the call of whether we keep everything that I made for it or we, um, yeah, call in friends and let friends come in and play and have fun. Nothing wrong, wrong with that. And speaking of of fun, I, I think, you know, earlier this month was the CMAs. Is it wild to think 10 years ago you were crowned best new artist? Yeah, it is wild. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a decade ago, you were you know to where you are now. <laughs> yeah, because I still feel like a total like like a total new guy, right? You know, I think I've always kind of felt that way. Um, but I, I, I'm fine with that. I think I would pref- I prefer that way of thinking to the. Uh, oh, I've been in this business for ten years. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I think those guys kind of drive me crazy. Well, I was going to say, you know, because thinking back to then and then hearing the sound on your, your latest record and the new ones you're putting out, how have you evolved? Because obviously you, you've kind of changed course a little bit and maybe kind of reinvented exactly the sound you wanted to be able to put out yourself. The truth is I haven't changed course, though. That's the funny part. And I think that's what I struggled with for so long. You know, I kept getting questions like that and I didn't know how to answer it because I was like, well, it's different, but it's also no different from the way that I, because when I moved to Nashville, you know, I signed a very, uh, a multi-layer deal um, because I wanted to make a lot of different kinds of music. That was the plan. You know, I, I, um, I had never, like, it wasn't like start here, end up there or start here, transition into this. It's like, no, I make a lot of stuff and I want to find homes for everything that I make. Um, and you know, I just, we, we were very focused on, on, on the country side of, of that. Um, and at the same time, you know, when wanted, like for instance, the debut record, what we really wanted out of that record was to say that we wanted to say like, I do a lot of things, but like, for instance, you know, um, certain people on the pop side felt like wanted was a big crossover single or somebody's heartbreak was a big crossover single. And. Um, our goal was like, well, we don't want to do any remixes. We want everything on this album to live as is in wherever it lives. Because again, our message was like, it is kind of all of these things. I'm influenced by country. I'm influenced by pop, soul, like 
jazz, like all of these things, rock, <clears throat> alternative, like I am influenced by all these things and I want you to feel all of those things in one place. So um, it's, a, it's a little bit of, of I think the, the only thing that's changed is just kind of, I think this record becomes a little bit more adventurous just because you hear more extremes all around, but I cover all of the areas that I love on this album. Um, and I don't, I, I'm not really leaving any of them out. Um, you know, I think sometimes with a major label, you, you know, th their focus is, you know, well, we want to focus on this sound. And as an artist, you're just like, okay, that that's great. And I'm really proud of that. There's also other sounds I would love to put out there, you know, and sometimes I think that can be missed when it's very business minded. And I think as an artist, you just don't think that way. You think very much like, no, I see fans at my shows. They like this stuff as well as this stuff. So I'm going to make all of it for them. And uh, I think unless you, yeah, and I think that's the advantage that I have that I think there's a disadvantage sometimes to when people are sitting in an office, even if they're involved in the music industry, I think they can miss how people connect with music. And I think I've been really fortunate and I'm really grateful. That's another thing I'm really grateful for is that I have seen what people can be on stage. You watch what people are connecting with. And I think this record was the one where, you know, Wild Blue was the beginning of that let's be fair, you know, I started dabbling in things that I had kind of, you know, put on the back burner for a little while. But I think this record was the one where I said, all right, now we're doing all of it, you know. Um, and I, I hope that it expands from there. But yeah, this, uh, this album's just like, it's just me making my favorite. It's kind of like I, all of my favorite artists, you know, make their own genres. So I think this is just like, it, it, it starts as an exercise in, okay, if I could make my own genre, what would it sound like? You know, uh, and then you end up with the red sky, which is kind of like, all right, well, here's a bunch of different versions of what that could sound like, you know, <laughs> so it's fun. It's a, it's an adventure, man. I, we're, we're now in the point where I can listen to the album all the way through and, and I can hear the adventure. I can hear all of the different places. And, um, and I think that's what I'm most excited for people to hear on it. How, how much did your adventure, uh, being able to take that road trip out to California have, have on you? Man. <clears throat> such a huge just a shock to the senses it's shocking how like even as we travel the world as musicians because we're based in one place we tend to operate out of or i guess i and, and i'm also kind of like i live a life without a lot of consistency so i am always looking for consistency and i think sometimes that can become complacency in what you make and so um, it was really just a shock to the system to leave and to experience new things and try new things and, and new places. And But it also gave me the visual that I was looking for for this thing. I wanted it to feel like the West Coast. And, and what, I, what I meant by that was, you know, when I think of the West Coast, I think of, you know, sunshine. I think of the ocean. Um, and it just feels like the ultimate road trip. Uh, and I feel like I lived it. <laughs> and... Uh, and that's informed a lot of the visual decisions. It also just gave me a place like this place that I've been, you know, working at uh, on the West Coast is very isolated, and it's very out, out, out of, out of the hustle and bustle. Um, and I think that probably was the biggest influence on the project. That you know there was a lot of isolation, which forced a lot of like all right, fine, I'll just make this however I want. <laughs> I'll do whatever I want. We'll see what happens, you know? <clears throat> but I think that that was the foundation. I think that yeah, I needed to do that. 
Uh, I mean, I was going to say, it's is it weird for you to be able to, you know, drop an F bomb on on a song, you know, uh could have been <laughs> could have been you. I mean, it feel it almost feels like naughty. <laughs> yeah, it As did you're drinking feel scotch weird and me. all that, you know, but <laughs> Right, exactly. <laughs> Man, it did feel weird at first, and then the more I did it, the more I realized my fans were just looking for an excuse to do it too. You know what I mean? I was worried that certain fans would would be offended by it, and what I realized was they really wanted to see it too. <laughs> and I think that that just shows you also, I think that the same thing with the music side, you know? Um, every time I try something that I think might scare somebody, they're like, oh my God, more of this, you know? So um, yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, that's, it's been really encouraging to see uh, all the things I'm scared to do end up translating uh, in a in a in a as a as a message of empowerment and freedom. Well, I was gonna say that 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 song had a little bit of maybe attitude on, on it. I mean, not not in like a bad way, but I mean, I mean, you know, just talking about if you if you visualize it, I mean that I feel like that's a little bit different too. For sure, man. I think that so much of this record, this whole album, the message of it is about um, like becoming the hero in your own story. And um, I think it's really easy to miss that as you write certain songs and as you go through certain chapters of life. There's a whole act of this record that's just nothing but songs about like your own self-worth and not in a like uh, an egotistical way, just in a man. I, I should have given all the things I gave away. Uh, I owe myself just as many of the, the, the things that I gave away to, you know, to myself, you know, self-love, grace, um, gratitude, whatever. Like I, one of the things I said on my show a couple of weeks ago, somebody was asking for advice on something and I'm hesitant to give advice. Uh, but something I had noticed was, you know, think about your favorite person. Think about how you talk about them, your favorite person. Think about how you talk about them and how you tell other people about them. And just imagine if you talked about yourself to yourself that way, right? You're not going around bragging about what you're doing. But if you gave yourself that much credit to start every day, like just imagine how much brighter your life would be. It's not egotistical to do that. It's just what you deserve. And I, uh, I think there's a whole section of this record. There's like a large section of this record that just does that. And I'm really proud of that because that's not something I could have done three years ago. I was going to say the three songs that you've put out have all kind of been a little bit different. And I'm guessing that's a different side of you uh, on each of them. I mean, I think about missing you is kind of up, got an upbeat pop to it. Like I said, the, I could have been you definitely a little bit of attitude. And then friend, the latest one that you, you put out is kind of a little more soulful searching within and wanted to at least keep that relationship. Yeah. <clears throat> and you know, it's funny when we started, um, talking about single releases, uh, I think Could Have Been You was one of the wilder songs we could have chosen to release from the album. And then since then, I would say these three might be the most subdued, most like, um, they're not safe. I wouldn't call it that, but they're the, I think they're the, I'm, yeah, I, I think it just like, it expands in all these different directions. And, and Friend is something I've just never, I don't think we've ever done anything quite that stripped back, that um, sparse of a landscape before closest we've gotten is tell me um on the on the last album but yeah i just I, I compared to what you've heard already i think we just there's just so much more on each of those in each of those categories you know i think one of the 
ways we kind of looked at this was, you know, I wanted fresh, I wanted familiar, you know, if you've been with me for 10 years, I wanted you to have, <clears throat> because I mean, it's not even by design. There's just certain things that I do that I'll never not do. You know, <laughs> uh, there's certain sounds that I love that I'll never not, not love, you know? And, and at the same time, I'm ready to introduce people to another side of what I do and other things that I love that you've never heard me do before. Um, I don't think you'll be shocked. I think you'll be shocked, but I don't think you'll be, um, it, it, it just, it feels natural because I've been practicing doing this for a long time. You know what I mean? But, um, but yeah, I wanted fresh, I wanted familiar. Um, and then I wanted just like all of it together, um, in a form of sort of, again, like, musical self-empowerment too you know um yeah so i'm excited for you to hear i think we're still playing with you know releases but yeah there's there's just a lot more in each direction i mean i was gonna say just hearing you talk about it you have to be so thrilled to be able to kind of get this side of you or these sides of you because like everyone we're, we're not one dimensional we're we got, got a lot of dimensions so i mean it's got to be really cool to be able to kind of finally get all this out there and let people kind of see other versions of you for sure exactly i mean you, you exactly we all have these sort of you know these depths to our own stories and in, in different ways and uh, i'm just these are these are mine well and i read somewhere too where you like to rewrite the rules um so is this you rewriting the rules or what or what does this what does that mean for you it's <laughs> a great question where did you read that that's really interesting um, I don't like rules. I'll say that. Um, and I've also been conditioned to, um, to find creative ways to break rules while still playing within the rules. Um, and I think this project was just the one where we said, what if we didn't have to play by any of the rules? <laughs> you know, what if we just made up our own, um, yeah, because I I don't know. Again, my reaction to that question sends me back to the the thing we were talking about with, you know, a lot of my favorite artists created their own genres. You don't do that by making rules, you know, mm -hmm. or playing by the rules. Um and I don't think I don't think music really works within rules. You can't explain the biggest success stories with you know, and they followed this rule and they followed this rule and that's how they <laughs> became the weekend. That's not how this works. You know, it never, that's never how it goes. You never look at the biggest things and go, yep. And they followed every single post Malone, like 1975. Like there's just no example where greatness comes from, from, um, from uh, guidelines. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. I mean, it's not like you can define a genre perfectly, especially nowadays or even, you know, going back 40, 50 years, I feel like everything has evolved and that's, exactly what you're doing and you know and clearly more music's coming red sky's dropping at some point what can you tell us on that front that won't get you in trouble won't get me in tr trouble but keeps people at least excited <clears throat> i'll say this i mean talk about breaking the rules um there have been rules in the past about like how much you can release from an album before you re release the album and i certainly don't you know like as a fan my least favorite thing is when somebody, you know, whatever drops like three singles and then there's like one more song and they're like, there's my EP. I'm just like, okay. <laughs> but, um, but we started looking at it as, you know, what would be our version of it? I do 
there is so much to unpack on this album that you know we've now redis just kind of rethought the release process and with the guideline that well there we go again with the rules but (laughs) i i think our dream was to say how do we give each song it's a its own emotional moment uh to just kind of enter into the world and let it have its own space and not overcrowd it because the last thing i want to do also is drop 16 songs in one day and uh and it'd be a very overwhelming thing for people to expect i mean listen my 19 i am a huge 1975 fan and they dropped a 22 song album you know in 2020 and you know not all the songs are my favorites, but I was able to make a 10 song album out of it. And it was one of the best days of my life. You know, like (laughs) there was enough there. Um, I found the things that I loved and I made my own album out of it. And so I guess I'm looking at that going, well, at at the very least, you know, but I just, I want every song to have its own, you know, I'm, I'm so sick of using the word moment, but yeah, I want every song to have its own. Be able to breathe. Shine. Yeah. This own moment in the spotlight. Yeah. Well, and, I, and as we, we wrap up here, HunterHayes.com, you can find them on social media everywhere. What can folks expect from you maybe the rest of the year and, of course, in 2023? 2023, I mean, definitely more uh, just, yeah, I'm really excited to, to roll out more of Red Sky and for people to hear the adventure that it is. Um, naturally, at some point, I'm ready to take that adventure on the road and turn it into a show again. I haven't done that since 2019. So, um you know, early 2019. And uh, even then we were planning on doing another tour as like a, a, you know, part two to Wild Blue and we never got to really do that. So I'm itching to get on the road and um, yeah, I'm itching for people to just hear the rest of this project. Well, it sounds like they got a, a lot to look forward to and a hell of a journey uh, to go along along with it. And Hunter, thanks uh, thanks for this. Thanks for for sharing a drink. I accidentally finished mine. So <laughs> good for you. Good. I'm so jealous. Oh. Well, I appreciate yeah, man, this. Thank you so much for the chat. I appreciate it.